Hi, I'm Kevin. Welcome to Selling Online with E-Commerce Tools. Everyone, thank you for attending. This is uh, very important to a lot of people. It is not always the most simplest thing to do. So I appreciate your willingness to learn this alongside with me. So hopefully you can get a couple pieces of information from this. Plus at the end, I do have some valuable resources for you guys uh, that, are, that are all free to use. So I highly recommend sticking around till the end. <clears throat> all right, without further ado, let's jump right in. Welcome to e-commerce selling online. First impressions do really matter. So make sure your e-commerce always looks professional and trustworthy. Just a quick introduction there. Okay, so ignore that right there. But I, yes, I'm presenting to you guys today. I'm also here in Mesa. I've worked in IT and marketing field for over the last 10 years plus now. Um, I've helped many businesses fix, find, and build their online e-commerce website stuff. I also have a computer science degree from MCC and many different cloud computing certifications showing that I really can build and maintain data online. So I'm really excited though to talk to you guys about building an e-commerce platform and, or a website for you. It can be a little bit of work, but I promise it's definitely doable. I'll show you what it takes to build a website if you don't already have one and to make it an e-commerce website. Then I'll show you some of the tools that you'll need yourself to help really make it even better. So quick outline for you today. Like I said, start fresh and easy going over what e-commerce really is. I'll show you some best practices that even if you already have an e-commerce website up and running, you can learn a thing or two from. Then we'll go over some examples of what successful e-commerce websites currently look like today. Then we'll go over some tips and tricks, ways to optimize it, some good design tips, and then finally the resources at the end. But I promise again, it's worth staying till the end. All right. What is e-commerce? Well, spelled out, electronic commerce is the buying and selling of goods and services through the internet via either mobile applications or via desktop. So really, it's selling things online, basically. But it's extremely important. Often, it could be the missing piece of the puzzle for your business to succeed. Especially when it comes to selling online, you can really transform your business and make it so that while we're diving into this, you can even be working on some of the stuff that we're talking about. But really, it's about making money by selling online. The importance of it, though, like I said, it cannot be overstated. This really does transform a business from being able to have, just have customers visit you in person to really you have a 24-hour salesman. Your shop is basically always open. Um, and as a consumer myself, believe me, we all want the option to be able to buy online if possible. So e-commerce really has enabled businesses to reach new customers, new markets, and new heights. So let's go ahead and grow your stuff. Here are some quick statistics. Now, these are statistics that were done in 2021 projecting for 2022. The 2023 ones have not yet come out, but believe me, I'll be on it. Um, the top key takeaway here is that Global e-commerce sales are expected to hit $5.5 trillion just in 2022. That's in one year. And every single year, as Chelsea was saying, with the holidays coming up, Black Friday and all of these different sales that will be happening, people expect 
to have, if the option there is to buy online, that it works and it's already up and running. Um, but around 76% of US adults already shop online. That's more than half. Most people are online shoppers. Even if you yourself don't consider yourself like an online shopper, like my wife, I guarantee you, if you've ever bought something online, you yourself are an online shopper. And so it's something to be cognitive of is that maybe you are not your best client, you're not your best customer, but your customers in general are more than likely online shopping. Smartphones, by the way, are slowly becoming more and more the preferred way to order online. That's just because of convenience factors. A lot of people don't wanna open up their laptops or get on their desktops to get things ordered and, and purchased. Now, during their customer journey, they might view or, or look at things and or purchase through a desktop, but more and more often, people are turning to their cellular devices to get things purchased. There have some, been some changes to editing a backend of a website to make things more mobile friendly. Um, that is no longer a ranking category from Google, by the way. So mobile friendly is important, but I'd say it's more important to focus on the user experience. But yeah. It's, it's becoming more and more of a thing, shopping online. But that's why we're here, right? These are some of the things that you'll need in order to have a website that is an e-commerce website. First, you'll need to build a website, or at least have one. If you don't, you'll need a domain name. And I'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty of what a domain name is, but it's basically the, the URL that you're going to a website. That's that domain name. You'll need to purchase a domain name. Then you'll need hosting for your website. This is kind of like where the website lives. The content itself, though, is built out through a e-commerce platform. Sometimes they're called WordPress, or the more commonly used one specifically for e-commerce is Shopify. And if you do have a WordPress website, you can turn it into an e-commerce website with plugins and some other details as well, like WooCommerce. There's plenty of other platforms out there, but the number one platform, at least for e-commerce, when it comes to website building, currently is Shopify. So if you're either, if you are building an e-commerce website or you have one kind of started, it's worth checking out Shopify, um, especially if you haven't even gotten started. That's a great place to get started. Um, and that's just a CMS, so a content management system where you're putting your content online. Um, that's what it'll. That's how you control what your website looks like. And then also you'll need a payment gateway. And this is things like PayPal, Stripe, or Authorize.net. It's just how customers will actually purchase things from you on your end of the deal. So these are some of the things that you absolutely need in order to be considered even an e-commerce website. So pick the right platform for you, but I, like I said, Shopify specifically is the most common one used specifically for e-commerce. And once you've got the website kind of built up or at least started, then you start to build the product catalog. Once you've laid down that foundation, you wanna work on actually building the content of the site, shoving it full of high quality, helpful content so your customers actually have something to look at and browse through. Your products in general, the system that you use to manage the products and what system you use to support your customers all can be handled from a website. Now, depending on the platform you use, those are all uh, intricate details that do depend on what platform you're using. 
But really one area that I often find people missing out on is the customer service aspect of things. Even if you're a one-man show or one-lady show, you definitely want to focus on customer service being an option. You know, of course, you got to build out the catalogs, what it is that you're selling. Internally, look at an order management system uh, so you can get shipments out. So this is the SOP, and I apologize, this is standard, not standing, but standard operating procedure. You want to create an SOP so that way if you have employees or you have somebody joining you on the team, you say, hey, this is the standard procedure, what step-by-step -step happens when somebody purchases something for you. So again, you got to build the website first, then throw the content on, put out some system so that way you know, hey, when somebody's purchased something from you, what it looks like getting to the customer, have that customer service aspect involved, and then finally market the website. So these are all different aspects to getting an e-commerce website up there and making it a successful one. So all of those details can change depending on like, what it looks like and change depending on what platform you currently are using. Um, I can dive into a lot of the specifics on this. And just to kind of get chat involved here, if you could in chat, type in if you have a website or if you specifically have an e-commerce website or if you are just getting started. Just so that way I can kind of see where everyone's at with things. And then I'll actually be able to go over to some examples too. If some people say, I have one, we are e-commerce, e domain name, not a website, website, no e-commerce, just getting started, redeveloping, lots of great stuff. I see someone at the TikTok shop. There you go. <laughs> lots, of, yeah. lots of interesting, some people are there, some people are still kind of working on it. Totally different uh, levels of where you're at with things. Don't worry, like I said, I can walk you through the beginning steps and more some more of the advanced steps, but yeah. Getting your website to become an e-commerce website can be done. It's often worth trying to start an e-commerce platform, if, even if you have like, let's say, WordPress or Wix and you want to make something a whole different company or just try out Shopify, it's worth checking out if you have the time. Um, but yes, so that's perfect. Don't worry, wherever you're at in life with this e-commerce thing, don't worry. The journey is not a short one. So plan on making these steps and don't worry, I even have like a checklist at the end for you too. But these are just really the basic steps. I mean, there's there's a total of really 10 things that I'm talking about here, but each step has a variety of steps within those ones, especially if you wanna do it correctly. So these are some examples of what current successful e-commerce websites are. You've got Harry's, Allbirds, MVMT, which is a watch company, Bombas and Wayfair. And I actually have some of these pulled up so you can kind of see them as well. And it, for those who are unaware of, especially when you're developing a website or you're just not a web developer and you just kind of are a user of people's websites, I'll walk you through this. So with Harry's themselves, they're a brand that target specifically men. It's a primary target. They do offer products for women, but just with their color scheme and the way, the simplicity that they have things out, um, their product is mere more geared towards men and that you can see within their marketing and some of the images that they have. Now, the logistics, a little bit more of the depths of a website, everything starts off with the header. And this up here is an announcement that they have going on. Excuse me. 
But down here is the header. And this is usually where you see the navigation and some more information. This next section is what they call the hero page, or really it's just the big image, the first thing you see when you get on a website. Every single hero page should have a call to action or a CTA. And that's what these are right here. Shop now, subscribe and save. And that's just what the whole website is for. The goal of Harry's website is to get people shopping and to subscribe to their services or to get their emails, um, get their customers' emails to them. So that's what the first call to action is. It's the very first thing somebody does. They don't have to scroll or do anything else. They don't have to go to another page to get something done. They can click it and go. After the header, you have the body which is like the actual content, the images, the products, all of the things that make up the website, right? Um, all the way from, at least with Harry's, they have the best sellers. These are the things that are obviously selling the best. Anything that's new, new product lines they have to offer or anything else that's just something of interest that they wanna show their customers. A little quick blip about them. And then of course, capturing their customers' emails you got to get that email marketing done. And then after the header body, this is the footer of the website. Now, the header and footer never changes depending on what page you're on on the website. They always stay the same. The body or the content of the web pages, that's what is interchangeable. So all the different products and things that show up within the body changes, but the header and footer stay the same. In or at least one way for I myself as a web developer know that somebody is taking the time to develop their website properly. And this is something small, but it makes the difference, right? That first impression is their favicon. Something you might not have ever heard before, but it's the little image that shows up on the top of the browser, specifically on that tab. And that's just another in-depth layer that you can put your marketing and branding at. Um, the next thing is in the header itself, of course, you have the notification, but also try to include some other way for people to reach out to you or see what you want the customer to see up front and right away. So for example, in Harry's, their announcement is limited edition items. I'm not going to go on every single page or anything like that, but again, it's just another call to action for them. And then here at the bottom, all of their products ways to sign in and get more information about what the customer is. If you wanna learn more about what the company Harry's is, their hiring and then their social media. And what's nice about having this footer have all of this information is then then on every single web page a customer's on, they always see this important information. And you'll see this with every single website. So this was just Harry's, a very successful e-commerce brand. And the reason why I pre I'm presenting all these companies to you guys is because these companies do not have a physical store. They are almost all solely just e-commerce platforms. So even I think Wayfair tried to do a, an in-person store where they might have some products, but almost everything is done online. And sometimes when you have things in person and online, it's different platforms and sometimes it can even be more confusing. Um, but we're just talking about e-commerce today. Um, but yes, here is another great example. This is NVMT. It's a watch company, a gear, again, more geared towards men, but of course they do have women products. And this is something that I like to talk about as well, is that depending on who your target market is, the customers that you're actually physically targeting to market to them, you want to include that specific demographic 
in your images. So for example, if you're shopping for women, the images should show women and women products. Well, versus if you're in the men, it should show specific men products geared towards men. And it, the reason why it, it gets so um, misjumbled and like sometimes all over the place, uh, especially because it's easy to just throw a bunch of content onto a website and oh, it'll work itself out, right? And just here are all the watches. It's better to segment things out and in a way segregate appropriately so that way everyone knows, okay, this is the section for me. It's more geared towards that specific customer. It makes them feel from the customer's point of view, like this is the company that I want to buy something from. If you just had all watches and as a man, you buy something and it's actually a woman's watch, it could be something from the customer's point of view that they probably wouldn't be too happy. Um, but in general, it's, it's important to know that websites have this announcement page, you have the navigation, the body, and the footer. So the navigation itself stays the same. Same with its announcement, it usually stays the same. The footer stays the same. It's just the body itself that you have full access to control what shows up and what things look like. Here's another example, Bombas. They do a lot of clothing. Um, it, again, up here at the, the top header, this is just the different uh, product types they have to sell. This is their hero page. They have a moving image. This is something really nice because a lot of people like to see something moving or something happening on the website without them having to click on anything. But again, that call to action, see the impact in action. They're trying to get people to understand why they do their business and what it is uh, that they do to really help. What kind of impact does this business make? Again, more hero images, the different bestsellers, more logo or not logos, sorry, images that are really targeted for the, for the customer, more images, and then again, that footer. One thing that they almost always have towards the bottom is email collection platform, a way for subscribers to subscribe. People, especially if they like a business and people are buying something from you, they more likely wanna see what deals you have. What are you offering for Christmas? Do you have any specific things that you have up and coming um, that they might get a better deal on, or even if it's not, it's not deals, but something new that you have to offer. So for email campaigns, it's extremely important that on the homepage, either at the top and or bottom, um, specifically usually at the bottom, that you have a way for people to subscribe. It's always an added benefit to include your social media channels, especially for that TikTok shop. You wanna make sure that's in there too. Okay, last one. Well, last two I wanted to cover because Wayfair just has so much content. It's almost too much to go over. But for Allbirds, which is a sustainable shoe company, and this is the metadata and things that you can add into the website that get a little bit more technical. But you can see on the website itself, uh, if, I'm, if I have my mouse over an image, it doesn't do much. But if I put it specifically over the name on the top, you can see sustainable shoes and clothing, the most comfortable shoes in the dot, dot, dot. There's more information there, but a computer can read that, but most humans do not. This is a way that all birds kind of separates themselves from the competition. One, they're sustainable. And two, they have shoes and clothing in the title of their metadata for the specific page. That all has to do with ranking and optimization. 
And again, depending on what platform you're using to build this, it could look different on how to get to that point. So I'm not going to show you how to add this. It's just important to have things like this. And all of these places all have their favicon. Um, and that's straight information that all websites have, usually an announcement bar, that header, body, and footer. The last one I want to touch on really quickly is Wayfair. Wayfair is like huge because they offer so many different products. I'm not going to talk about websites like Amazon or like walmart.com or anything like that. Um, one, because Amazon does have stores in, in person, but also two, because those are just so well known and, and so well used that it's, it's not as you're not going to be building an Amazon today, right? You're, you're more looking for small business, getting things to where people can actually buy something from you. And so that's why I like to present these options. For Wayfair, they have a pop-up. Often pop-ups are not a good thing. Most people don't like them and they're not going to put their information in here. But if, especially if you see a 10% off your first order, something like that, it could be enticing enough for people to put their information in. It's what Wayfair wants the customer to do right away. And that's why they have it as a pop-up. But again, they've got that header with their navigation. They specifically even have a search bar at the top because of the variety of products they offer. Not just like with uh, Bombas, where it's just like a few options. They've got a lot. So they have to include that search bar right at the top just so customers see exactly what they want to see. Their hero image, or the first thing that pops up, is actually a variety of images with a variety of call to actions because they're just kind of all over the place. So some consumers don't like that because it's, it's almost overwhelming, while others, they like the options to choose from. And then here at the bottom, I just like to go over it so you can kind of see it. They actually include their social media channels, their terms and conditions, privacy policy, all the about us and everything like that. But that customer and why I think Wayfair is so successful is their customer service side of things. They will respond, they're attentive, they are there to help. And that's right away, they have this quick help feature, that contact us side um, and all their customer service stuff. It's, it's that avenue that a lot of people say, okay, I'll just get my website up and then I'm done, right? Well, you do got to service your customers still. Okay, so I just wanted to quickly go over some of these success stories because one, it's doable. And two, it's not that difficult to do. It just takes the time to build it out correctly. And so these were just some success stories and uh, companies that primarily run their business as an e-commerce business. Okay, so we're switching gears going back to more of the educational rather than just kind of showing stuff. But with customers' journeys, it's not like they know sometimes, they know, but they don't know exactly what they want and who they want to buy it from and when they're going to get it and what cost it's going to be. A lot of times people shop online and that means that they are visiting various web pages. They're not just going to the right product right away. It's not that easy to shop, right? Um, but when it comes to online shoppers, the journey has really over 140 different touch points. That means that there's 140 different touch points, influences, and ways that you can influence the customer to buy and select who they buy from. Um, this slide right here is just listing some of the touch points that Google, the platform has, or sorry, Google, the, the company has for small businesses to put their products on Google. So this includes Google Images. Yep, you can have your products show up as Google Images. 
Google search itself. So if somebody's just searching for a product, your search, your products can show up. The most important one, in my opinion, is the Google business profile, which used to be called the Google My Business. It's now called the Google business profile, the Google shopping tab, and the shopping ads. Now, this would probably be the last bit that you'd want to play with because you don't want to be paying for ads, especially if it's a good amount of money. You don't want to pay for ads when you haven't taken advantage of all of the free things that are out there and or you're paying for ads, but then something's not completed. The images aren't loading right or the shopping cart's a little bit messed up. Well, then you're paying for customers to see that bad user experience. They're more than likely not going to be coming back again. So before you start paying for advertisements to show up or to, to be that number one search result, it's worth doing all of these things that you can do for free. So that Google business profile one is a huge one. Even if you do have a e-commerce business where you're mainly selling online, you can have a Google business profile. Now, if you are selling to the whole world, you're, you're a global e-commerce company where you don't just have a service area, having a Google business profile can have some complications because you don't have a map point for somebody to come visit you. And I'll go into more specifics about that here in a minute, but even if you have an e-commerce business and you don't want to list your home address as your business address, you can still have a service area based business. And that's where you can still then list your products and get everything shown up there. Um, so you can see what, what customers can see what you have to offer all before even going to a website. So how do you show up on Google with all your products? To start, it's with the Google business profile. Now to do this, if you, you might already have one, and if you don't have one or don't know if you have one, feel free to just Google yourself, go to Google search or google.com and search for your business's name. If it pops up with your business on Google, then you do have a Google business profile and you're signed in with the right account. If you do Google yourself and that option to where it says your business on Google does not show up, that means either one, you're signed in with the right email account or the the wrong email account, or two, you might've had somebody else build one for you and you don't have access. All business owners should have access to their Google business profile. It's what shows up right here. This is a Google search example. This is the Google business profile right here on the right hand side. It shows the most important information about the business. Excuse me, the products, where your business is located at and images, what the website link is, directions, and some of the newest things that you can do is consumers can even text a business from the Google Business Profile Manager. So it's really worthwhile having this. And the best thing about it all, it's free. There's no cost to show up through a Google Business Profile. So it's available to anyone and everyone. Even if you don't make in-person contact with customers, it's still available, but you just have to be a service area-based business which where you're specifically servicing an area. But yeah, on this slide, you can see the business profile for a retailer called the Spice House. And I'll use it as a couple examples, but specifically, this is a product that they wanted to add in, the essential spices, and there's a price range, and then the variety of spices as products. So they have the essentials, right, which is like a bunch of different spices. And then they can go down and do the specifics of this specific spice is this, price and this is what it looks like. So it's definitely worthwhile doing it. So here, I'll, I'll keep going. 
So yes, essential spices collections is what this one is. Um, but once you claim or like claim the Google business profile, if there's already one there, that's when you can then add the products and you have to make sure you're verified as well. So somebody asked the question, how would a consumer shopping for a product see your Google business profile? It's a great question. Specifically, if somebody knows what business what your business name is, that's when the Google business profile shows up along with if somebody's, let's say your business itself has, let me go back. The Spice House is the business name and they're looking for spices near me. This business will pop up on Google Maps. And then when they click onto the Google business profile, they'll then show this and they don't show it on the screen because it's a little bit small, but this product image and more will show up below this suggest edit, manage this listing. It'll show all of the products right then and there. So the consumer doesn't even have to go to the website to see what products you have to sell or what products you do sell. They can literally just look on Google to see what it is. And, and again, this is like the what I call the website before the website. It's what people are usually seeing on their mobile devices and, and, and desktops through search. Now, this is just Google though. So there's, there's even more places. But yes, this is a step-by-step. -step. If you have a product and you have a Google business profile, um, and I'm just assuming you do for this slide, the, uh, and if you haven't done that already, here's the link. I'll, I'll throw it in there for you, Chelsea. This is the google.com backslash business. If you don't have a Google business profile, that's where you can go. And then if you do have one, go to that link, make sure you sign in as the right email account, and it'll show you what locations or, or uh, businesses you have listed already on Google. But yes, access the Google business profile if you haven't already. And from there, you can upload a photo, name a product, select what type of category it is. So that is something to note of is you can actually create categories, just like when you're building out your website the different categories of your products, you can also do the same on Google. Set a price, add a description, make sure it makes sense. Um, and the button for the product should be a link, not just to your website's homepage, but the link to that specific product. So that way when a customer is clicking, yes, I want this thing, they go to your website to the specific product page that they wanna purchase from. So it is a little bit of a back and forth here, but getting that right link could make the difference of saying, yeah, of somebody actually making a purchase or not. So it's definitely there. And right now it shows this, the business profile manager. That's not what it looks like nowadays. Um, you are actually physically editing the Google business profile from Google search itself. And let's say you're on a mobile device today and you're not accessing this webinar through a desktop. Um, you have to have the app this is both for Android and iPhone. You have to have Google Maps app on your device. And again, sign in with the right email account. Then you'll be able to edit and manage your business's information remotely from a device like a cell phone. Um, it, like I said, even if you have an iPhone, you have to download the Google Maps app. And if you're an Android user, you already have Google Maps. There it is. Once you've put in all the information, make sure you click save. Believe me, you don't want to move past it and not forget to save. Don't ask me how I know. Um, and make sure that it's going to the right place. Let's say you've done that for all of your products, right? They're listed on your website. All of them are showcased properly on your Google business page. What, what's next? 
Another place that is free to put your products online is the Google Merchant Center. Now, especially if you're gonna be paying for ads to show up on Google Shopping, you have to start through the Google Merchant Center anyways. So it's worth having this, um, even if you wanna pay for ads later down the road, or if you're not ready to pay for ads, that is totally fine. It's free and you don't need to advertise to get your products there either. However, you do wanna start with the Google Merchant Center after the Google Business Profile is done. And I'm not gonna go step-by-step step on how to create an account and what that process looks like. It'll just take too long. Um, plus it's a pretty simple walkthrough, but really you create an account, make sure you use the right email account that you remember and know, upload your products, some photos, some information about those products, and then right away they start getting showcased on Google. Um, so it's there, it's able to be shown up. Once it's there on Google's business profile and Google Merchant Center, it shows up across the world through Google search results. So up here at the top, you can see this. These are ads. These are specifically shopping ads. If you want to show up for shopping and not necessarily just ads, because this is a Google search that somebody had done, you can click through this shop shopping and look for these specific things. Um, they do have to be listed correctly. Google has their own you know, privacies, policies, and terms and conditions. You can't sell like health benefits online, even if let's say you're selling uh, you know, cayenne pepper and you know it helps with inflammation or something like that. You're not allowed to say those things in the product because you yourself are not a health professional. Um, so there's just some small details that you want to make sure are done correctly once you're advertising and listing them. For example, you're not allowed to uh, sell products that look like they could be used for paraphernalia or anything like that. You're not allowed to sell anything, um, even CBD stuff, like nothing like that. It, it just really goes against some of the terms and conditions because there's some laws and regulations there for, for sure to check out. But this slide shows a series of product images with information beneath the top of the Google search result page. So this is the SERP, an S-E-R-P, a search engine result page. Up here, these are just some of the images that pop up, but then underneath of that, um, there's more Google organic search results. So the spicehouse.com, this right here is an organic link. They are not paying to be shown number one. And how to get there, this is, this is the SEO. You need to make sure the website itself, the page needs a title, a description of what's on that page, and of course the link to that page. But sometimes results show more, but there's a button that literally you can click more. And that extra information that gets shown underneath the website is called rich snippets. And a snippet can really help products stand out. So I can show a few examples, but I won't take the extra time to do that. But really it's, it's just more information about your website. And those are called rich snippets. So it's really just a jazzed up way to show extra information like star rating or product details and that sort of thing. Um, it's really cool to see from the consumer side because it shows, yes, this company knows what they're doing. But really, first, you should talk to a website developer about building structured data markup and make sure that the products show up correctly in the search results. So in a nutshell, structured data is really like a labeling system added to your web pages that really help label and show Google's crawlers and other browsers' crawlers um, 
automatically it lets them understand what the website is and pulls information quickly like product detail. And that all comes through code, specifically HTML. So in this example, one attribute from the Merchant Center, the product's availability, like how many of, of that stock do you have, is displayed for free in the organic search results. So you can see that some of them are in stock, some of them are not. But if you have that structured data on the website, it can be automatically updated uh, through the works, sorry, through the Merchant Center account. So we could spend the rest of the workshop talking about all those technical details. We won't. But if you want to start working on how to build your products and make sure that they appear on Google's organic search results, getting started in the Merchant Center is a great place to start. Let's say you've done all of that. What about ads? Okay, if you have the budget and you've done all of the things that you can do for free, those are all done, everything's working correctly, you can then go through the Merchant Center help and get this, get started at least through shopping ads. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot more ways and different places to do ads. This is the Growth Google Workshop. So of course, Google products are gonna be highlighted here, but shopping campaigns can be used to promote online and local inventory as well. And excuse me, the local inventory ads help nearby shoppers know what's in stock and potentially driving more sales to the physical store too, if you have them. So in this screenshot, it just shows results by, um, I'm gonna say this wrong, then you Greek, the Spice House, um, which displays, of course, all their product photos here. And then the basics of getting this information to show up is through the Merchant Center, add those products, connect it to Google Ads, then create shopping campaigns to advertise those specific products. So if you want it to show up underneath the ads, again, you got to go through the Google Merchant Center um, and then go through Google Ads. I, I know I'm still slamming some stuff at you guys, but for best practices, user-friendly interfaces. Before, or at least like this last year, a lot of people were saying, make everything mobile-friendly. It needs to be mobile-friendly, mobile-friendly. Mobile responsiveness is definitely a, a best practice for SEO. But in reality, making sure that it works and is user-friendly is more of a priority. So some additional best practices is use concise product descriptions. Nobody wants to read an essay when it comes to when they're buying spices. They want to know what spice it is, how much spice they're getting, and what kind of things are there listed underneath of it. Of course, you're going to need a secure payment method. If you do not have that S at the end of an HTTPS website, and here, this is how you can kind of see it, right here at the top, HTTPS. If you do not have that S, do not buy anything from that website. Um, it is not a secured website. So make sure you have that secured functionality involved in there and make sure that the process to check out is easy. You don't want to take four years to buy a product. Nobody's gonna want that thing. Um, and then the added benefit is having that customer support. Listen to customers, respond to reviews. And once you have that foundation set, the content's ready to go live. Now you just sit back and relax and watch the experience happen for you. Plus you can always see, okay, what is working and what is not working. <clears throat> Take a quick sip. And just a reminder, everyone, like we'll get to those questions. I know I see a lot of great questions rolling in, so just sit tight. We'll get them to them shortly. I promise I don't have too many more slides. There's two more. 
<laughs> and and that's why I prefer having a lot of the questions and why I don't go into too much depth. But the last little bit of tips and tricks is the SEO or search engine optimization. It's really important, even from the very beginning, it's a lot better to start from the beginning with SEO content rather than waiting until everything's all done. Plus, once you have it up and running though, and it's live, social media marketing is important, not just one or two platforms, but it's worth being on a variety of platforms and then posting where your customers are at. And don't worry if you want more social media help. I know the hub's got a lot more information for you. Uh, email marketing is also really important, especially if you're gathering customers' data. What are you doing with it and what does it look like afterwards? It's important to get that up and running. Upselling and cross-selling is able to be done through other platforms. And again, especially if you're doing advertisements, some stuff is done for you. And the last tips and tricks, use AI effectively and for idea generation. So don't just ask ChatGPT to build you a website and then post it and go live, right? But you can ask ChatGPT and other AI bots to help you get this content together or write product descriptions for you. And then you go through and edit it to really make it make sense for you. So it's worth playing around with. As a quick recap, e-commerce is just where you buy and sell things online and it helps transform the way that people shop and do business in general. A well-designed e-commerce website should be mobile-friendly, uh, user-friendly, mobile-responsive, fast-loading, and be clear and concise about what the products actually are that you're selling here. Uh, also, if your business offers uh, consumers a variety of services, like you can even do digital products. You don't have to physically have something like a physical product that you're selling. So it's important to really optimize all of that content the best that you possibly can. Upsell it if you can as well, but don't just slam sells in people's face. Believe me, nobody's going to want that. Um, people want to be told stories to. They don't want to be just sold to. And along with e-commerce platforms such as Shopify, like the biggest one, but it, WooCommerce, if you have uh, WordPress, even Wix, you can turn into an e-commerce page. So all of those are e-commerce of options, optional websites that you can have. But it is a competitive market being in the e-commerce uh, industry, but don't worry, you can maximize and succeed in the industry as well, even if it's just a one-man show. All right, questions. And before we get to questions, let me hand this stuff out. This is, so to start, there is the, uh, this is Google's very own essentials guide. Oops, wrong one. Yes, this is Google's very own sell your products online with e-commerce. They'll have videos and stories and information for you to look at. Um, I'll include this link right here. Let's start with that one. There's also the Google training handout specifically for this. Um, I take that back. The, the Google training handout was the first one. This next one is the checklist for the e-commerce store, what's required to actually launch and get a website live. And this goes over a lot of what I've already talked about. You need a domain name, if you don't already have one, a website hosting platform. Sometimes those are one and the same where you're buying these from, but they can be different. An e-commerce platform to choose where you're gonna be purchasing, or sorry, where you're gonna be putting your content at, that payment gateway, that SSL certificate, that S in the HTTPS, 
And then you build out the catalog, the shopping cart, the shopping, or sorry, the shipping options, and focus on accessibility. You want to make sure the website is accessible for people that do have disabilities and who don't. Figure out what you're doing with taxes, because if you're being successful, there's going to be some funds coming your way. Figure out if there's any legal policies, especially if you're doing anything with health or, or that kind of industry. Market yourself well, make it optimized in general, and then launch it. Test it. See your analytics. I recommend monthly, if not quarterly, and then keep up on your customer service. A lot of places respond to reviews, but if you are not responding to reviews, you could be missing out on that last customer touch point that makes all the difference. Turn a customer into a fan. Um, and then this last little bit is my essentials guide. It's something that I've put together as well. I think every business owner should have access to these resources. I do not have any affiliate links. I don't make money off any of these things. These are all just free resources that I believe all business owners should have. To start is that Google Business Profile Manager. There's that Yelp listing. Careful, don't buy anything if you don't need it. I'll buy anything. Um, Apple Maps and Being for Business. Links for more marketing tips. There's that chat GPT link. I recommend just asking it a few questions if you need help. And then these are some Google browser extensions. If you use Chrome as a browser profile, uh, I recommend downloading at least the Privacy Badger and the Best Free Ad Blocker just to help keep you safely protected online. And then Scribe, this will actually help you create standard operating procedures and some grammar and stuff. I do have a little bit about SEO but really it has, it's a lot of information I'm not gonna to cover today and then my contact information here at the end. Hello, thank you for attending Sell Online with e-commerce tools.